Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. Welcome. Today's shear will be on a Pusik and a Rashi comment in Parshas Vayigash. In Parshas Vayigash, we read how after a long series of difficult events, Yosef eventually revealed himself to his brothers and they went back to Eretz Yisrael and they, their, their, their intent, their plan was to bring Yaakov back to Mitzrayim, to meet Yosef, and to live out the, 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 the famine. And it took a little while for Yaakov to, to be able to believe them, but eventually we find the following Pasuk. Yisrael, Yisrael, Yaakov said, Rav, od Yosef b'nichai. Rav, there is much. Much what? We'll talk about in a minute. But Rav, there is much. Od Yosef b'nichai. My son Yosef is still alive. Elcha ve'erena ve'erenu mamus. I will go and I will see him before I die. Rashi here adds a few words to the Pasuk. He doesn't add much uh, typical commentary. He doesn't quote a Midrash or a Gemara or doesn't say any, apparently, does not apparently say any inspiring instructional words here, but he adds a few words to the Pasuk. Rashi says, Rav, Rav li od simcha v'chedva. It is much to me. I have much more simcha and chedva, much more happiness and joy, ho'il, since od Yosef menichai, since my son Yosef is still alive. The Rabbi Eliyahu Mizrahi points out that Rashi has added four items to the Pasuk. He has added the word li, he has added the word od, although as we will see the Mizrahi is very perturbed by that addition. He has added the words simcha v'chedva. We'll take those as one chunk, as one unit. And he has added the word ho'il and, and the, the vav that always goes together with the word ho'il attached to the next word. What is this all about? So Mizrahi explains that Rashi is simply trying to make the Pasuk understandable. He's just adding enough, enough to, to make the Pusik have some meaning. Because on its own, the Pusik is very difficult to understand. The Pusik says, Rav, a lot. A lot of what? Well, before we get to a lot of what? A lot to whom? Who's got a lot? So that Rashi explained by putting, adding the word li. In other words, we are to understand on our own from the Pusik that Rav means Rav li. Okay, we're going to skip over the word ode for a moment. Now, you still have the question, Rav Lee, I have a lot. But the question is, I have a lot of what? So on that, the Mizrahi says, Rashi added these two words, Simcha v'chedva. What do I have a lot of? 
I have a lot of happiness and rejoicing. Now, there's still a problem in the Pasuk. The problem is, what is the connection between the two halves of the Pasuk? We can look at this Pasuk as being made up really three parts, but let's talk, let's just take the Pasuk up to here, up to the words B'ni Chai. It says, Vayomer Yisrael Rav, Yisrael said, okay, I have a lot of joy and rejoicing and happiness. Oh, Yosef B'ni Chai, my son Yosef is still alive. Are these two separate things? What is the connection? What connects these two items? So that Rashi says, Ho'ilved, since Yosef B'ni Chai. In other words, the second part of the Pasuk gives the reason for the per, for the first. Why does Yisrael, why does Yaakov have a lot of simcha v'chedva? Because since his son Yosef is still alive. This is a very good example of what uh, uh, my friend, my teacher, Dr. Avigdor Banchek, Zichron of the Bracha, he just passed away a number of months ago. He writes in I think in a couple of places in his books, um, What's Bothering Rashi, that there are two types of Rashi comments. What's he, what, there's what he calls a type one comment, which is the more common and more typical Rashi comment, where Rashi has some sort of a question on the Pasuk and he answers by quoting a Midrash, quoting a piece of Gemara, by saying his own, his own interpretations. That's the more typical type. But then there's a type of Rashi that Dr. Banchuk used to refer to as a type B Rashi. A type B Rashi is where there's no real kasha on the Pusik. It's not that the Pusik contradicts some other Pusik or raises some logical difficulty. It's simply that the Pusik is very terse. It leaves out certain points and is expecting us to understand them. And in those cases, Rashi will simply fill in a word or two. He will more or less just copy the Pasuk, but add in just enough, just enough little words to make the Pasuk understandable. So here, uh, almost probably uh, at least half of the words in this Rashi are taken right out of the Pasuk. Rav is in the Pasuk. Old Yosef Benichai is all in the Pasuk. So Rashi added on one, two, three, four, five words, I'm not going to count Ode, we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment, but Rashi adds on five words, and very, and he, what is he doing? He's simply putting it all together. He's filling in some of the little blanks that the Pasuk expected you to understand on your own. Now, what is this word Ode? The Mizrahi is very perturbed, as I said, over this word Ode. Why? What does it mean, Ravli it is great to me also. Where'd that idea of also come in? The word Od is in the Pusik. The word Od is in the Pusik, Od Yosef Benichai. My son Yosef is still alive. But it doesn't seem from the Pusik that the Simcha Vechedva is Od, is in addition to something else. Mizrahi says we should take this word Od in the Rashi and just cross it out, remove it. It's a mistake. Somebody by mistake saw the word Od Yosef Benichai, and he somehow attached it to the words Rav Li in Rashi. Remove it. 
The truth is, although the Mizrahi doesn't say it, but what I think is in part behind his opinion is that it is known and pointed out in many places that Rashi, when he wrote his commentary, Rashi in his way of understanding the Psukim, he almost always follows the instructions of the Tame HaMikra, of what we call trup, of the cantillation marks that are above and below the words. Now, in Yiddish, we refer to them as trup. I don't know what the origin of the word trup is. When I, when I say the word trup, I, I say it's referring to, it's these little marks. When we say in English that they are the cantillation marks, so cantillation means singing. Now that is partially true. It is true that each of these little marks is assigned some musical notes. The Ashkenazic uh, note system is a little bit different from the Svardic system and is a little different from the, the Yemenite. And, and there are other, there are various traditions, but more or less um, each of these signs indicates a certain musical note or a certain series of notes. And so they help us sing or chant the Pasek when we read it from the Sefer Torah. However, that's only half the story. In the Gemara, these, these marks are referred to as Pisuk Ta'amim. These are the marks of the Ta'amim. Now, Ta'amim means the flavor or the, or the reason. Let's take a look at this Gemara. The Gemara here is explaining a Pasek in Nehemia, and the Pasek in Nehemia is describing a Kriya Satira that took place at a certain point in history. For the moment, it's not important to know the whole story, but it's describing a ceremony of Kriya Satira. And it says, Vayikru b'sefer terasu elokim, they read from the book of the Torah of, of God, Mephoirosh, they read it in such a way that the Torah was Mephoirosh, it was explained, the same seichel, and there was a placing of seichel, there was a, 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 a meaning attached to what they read, Vayavinu b'mikra, and they understood the mikra, they understood what was being read, and now the Gemara explains each phrase in this Pasek. It says, They read from the book of the Torah, that refers to the Mikra. They read the Psukim. Now it says the Psukim were they were explained. What does that mean? That means that they also recited the Targum, the Aramaic translation of the Torah. Because uh, we do need to tell the story a little bit. This is a Kriya Satura that was held as part of a tshuva movement for the Jews who had come back from Babel after 70 years of exile. So uh, Ezra and other leaders of the people, they saw that uh, these people uh, need to do a lot of tshuva and they need to increase their knowledge of the Torah. And therefore they read to them the Torah and they read it with the Targum because Aramaic was the language that these people had become accustomed to speaking. And so by translating it into Aramaic, that was Mephoirosh, that was explaining the Psukim. Now the, the, the Gemara continues, the same Seichel, and they placed good reasoning into what they were reading. So Elohap Psukim, this refers to the Psukim, meaning 
that they they made it clear where one pasuk ended and a new one begins because that that has to do with the meaning that helps you understand what's being said by Yavinu Bamikra and they understood the the scripture the pisuk ta'amim this is the pisuk ta'amim this is the tame hanagina we take over a look over here there is a perush from the rush in most mesechtas uh, the, the the commentary of the rush is placed in the back of the gemara and he uh, more basically his style is that he he copies the essential parts of the gemara and he leads you to a halachic conclusion but here on the sechta nadarim assuming it's the same person he wrote a word by word line by line uh, explanation commentary of the gemara and here he says the mikra is a piece of ta'amim shal yidei hanigun through the nigun, through the singing of the Pasuk, we can understand how to connect the Pasuk either to that which is above it or to that which is below it. Meaning you know where to put the punctuation in the Pasuk. The, the Tamim are a form of punctuation. Uh, most of us are not such experts as this, but really, if you understand the Ta'amim, the trop, you will know how to punctuate the Pasuk. Now here, uh, based on my admittedly limited knowledge of the Tami Hanagina, but here it's quite obvious that Bayomer Yisrael, Rav, this is called a Tvir, and it is one of the Tamim that indicates a pause after the word, Rav. And then after the pause, O Yosef Beni Chai. So the Ta'ame the Hanagina indicate that there is a pause, there's a comma in between the word Rav and the words O Yosef Beni Chai. And therefore the, I think this is what's in part behind what the Mizrahi says, that he feels that it's a total mistake to put this word Od in Rashi. Ravli Od, so that, that would be like reading the Pasuk, Rav Od. But there's a comma in between those two Pesukim. He didn't say Rav Od, he said Rav, pause, Od Yosef Benichai. These are two separate phrases. Of course, they have a connection in meaning, but, but there is a pause in between them. This is the opinion of the Mizrahi. However, there is a safer which um, I haven't looked at much, but I have seen it. It is called Imre Shefer. The safer Imre Shefer is a long super commentary on Rashi, on the whole Chomish, written by the, the great Goin and Sadik Rabinosin Shapira. Rabinosin Shapira is often called the Balmagala Amukais, after the name of the most famous safer that he wrote. He lived from 1584 to 1620, and he was a great, both a great uh, Talmudist and a great Kabbalist, and a great uh, commentator on the Torah. In his most famous sefer, Megala Amukais, the, the translation of the title is the one who reveals profound secrets. So in that sefer, he wrote 252 perushim on the tefillah of Moshe Rabbeinu, that he be allowed to enter Eretz Yisrael. 
in Parshas Vayeschanon. Uh, legend has it that uh, he intended to write a thousand, but uh, in the Shemayim they told him 252 is all you get. Um, so this Sefer Imre Shefer explains this Rashi differently. He starts off by saying that the Simcha Vechedva, the joy and the, 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 the happiness and rejoicing that Yaakov Avinu said he was experiencing, according to Rashi, this Simcha Vechedva, you, you must say, is, was not a Simcha Vechedva in this world. It's not simply the joy that one would feel upon seeing a long-lost son. Uh, certainly one would be very happy, but still, that's a limited Olam Hazeh kind of happiness. As, as happy and as wonderful it is, as it is, but the father knows he's going to die someday, and the son knows he's going to die someday, and he knows the son is going to die someday. It's as great as it is, it's still not the real thing, and it's not what Sadiqim are really looking for. The Simcha Vechedva that Yaakov said he was experiencing, what had to, has to be, must be, says Rabbi Nassim Shapira, must be a Simcha Vechedva in Olam Habo. He's saying, I, I am experiencing now and I am I'm realizing now that I'm going to have Simcha Vechedva in the future, in the next world. And says Rabbi Nassim Shapira that Rashi hinted at this by adding the word Ode over here. What's the word Ode got to do with anything? He says it's Meramez, it hints to two different psukim. The, the word Ode and the word Rav. It says the word Rav is a hint to the Pasuk and Tilim, the chapter Lamed Aleph, Ma'rav Tuvcha Asher Tzafanta the Reyecha. Melech says in Tilim, how great, how Rav is your greatness, is your goodness that you have hidden to those who fear you. In other words, how great is the reward that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has stored away in Olam Habor for the righteous, for those who fear him. So Rav, the word Rav in itself hints at Marav Tuvcha. And the word Od that Rashi puts in over here, the word Od is like the word that we find in Tilim. Pay Dalit, a Pasuk that everyone knows, Ashre Yoshve Vesecha, Od Yahalucha Sela. Ashre Yoshve Vesecha, happy are those, fortunate are those who dwell in your house, Hashem, Od Yahalucha Sela. They will continue to praise you forever, meaning they will praise you even in Olam Habo. And the, the Rav Nosan Shapira claims he, he is of the opinion that this word ode is not really uh, something that was put in there, certainly not something that was inserted by mistake, but rather it's this word ode in the Pasuk. And that although it's true that the Tamei HaMikra don't indicate this, but he understands the Pasuk as Vayomer Yisrael, Rav Od. Rav Od means there is a tremendous happiness in store for me, ode, in the future. Now, what does the rest of the Pasuk mean according to this? Yosef Benichai, Yosef, my son, is alive. Why does that mean I'm going to have a lot of simcha in Olam Habor? So this he says, we can understand, it's really, it's already been explained by Rashi 
in a different place. Actually, let's go to, no, not that one. Let's go to this Pasuk. The Pasuk in Perak Lamed Zion, in Parshish Vayeshev, when Yaakov first was told uh, that his son Yosef is, is gone, and he was Toref Toraf, he had been apparently torn apart by a wild animal. So Yaakov, uh, he refused to be comforted. And he said, I'll go down to my son in mourning to the grave. And Rashi says, that's the simple shot. In simplicity, Avel Sho'ela means I will go down to the Sho'ol, to the grave, as an Avel, as a mourner. And Rashi says, In my mourning, I will be buried. I will not be comforted all my life. However, Rashi here quotes a Midrash. Sho'ol refers to Gehenim. Simen the following sign has been was transmitted into my hand from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. If no one of my sons will die during my lifetime, so So then I am promised that I will not see Gehenim. I will have no punishment in Olam I will be purely. I will be sent straight to the best place in Olam Haba. But that's only if all my sons outlive me, that I don't see any one of them die. So says Rabbi Nassim Shapira, based on this Rashi, that's how we can understand our Rashi also, and our Pasuk. But Yomri Yisrael, Rav Oid, he wants to put the comma over here. Yisrael said, I have a lot of Simcha V'chedva waiting for me in Olam Habo, owed still in the future. Why? Because my son Yosef is still alive. If my son Yosef had been dead, then I'm not going to get a lot of wonderful happiness and rejoicing in Olam Habo. I'm going to have to go to Gehinom. But since Od Yosef B'nichai, therefore, Ravli Oid Simcha V'chedva we see it also in a Rashi in this week's Parsha, in Parsha's Vayigash. We have here, when, when Yaakov finally came down to Mitzrayim and he finally met Yosef, what did he say? Yisrael said to Yosef, I can die now. After this that I have seen your face, that you're still alive, I could, I could, that's all. I've lived my life. I could die now. Rashi here quotes a medrash. I thought I was going to die twice. In other words, I thought I'm going to leave this world and I'm going to get not good things in the next world either. Because the shechina, the divine presence, had left me ever since you were taken away from me. I did not have any more visitations from the Shechina. And I thought that a Kodesh Baruch would demand of me the responsibility for your death, because as we know, uh, it was Yaakov who sent Yosef out to go see how his brothers are doing out pasturing the sheep. And Yaakov knew that the brothers don't like, don't like Yosef. 
So Yaakov felt guilty, and he thought perhaps Hakadosh uh, Baruch Hu will punish him for that. But Achshav Shoid Chachai. But now that I see that you're still alive, I'm only going to die once. As long as as all my children outlive me, I know that I'm guaranteed Olam Haba and no Gehenim at all. Again, this is how Rav Nosson Shapiro understands the Rashi here. Whether this is literally shot in Rashi, not 100% sure, but it's a beautiful explanation. It's certainly not far from the shot. One point that perhaps should be clarified is why is it, what is the, what is the point behind this? Why is it that Yaakov was told by HaKadosh Baruch Hu that um, if not one of my children, if no one of my children dies during my life, so then then I'm promised that I will not see Gehenna. What is the, why is that? What would be so terrible if one of his sons died while he was still alive? I mean, as 11 others, they're, they're all Sadiqim, and what, what, what would be so terrible? The Maharal in the Gurarya here on this Pasuk in the Periklamit Zion, he says a very interesting idea. It's, it's a little hard to grasp. Sounds nice, but uh, it's hard to grasp. He says that uh, a person, if a person, Loyalenu, uh, needs to go to Gehenim, so he only goes for 12 months. Mishpat HaRashoyim, the Gehenim, is only 12 months. Now, and Yaakov had 12 sons. The 12 sons correspond to the 12 months that, that one might have to spend in, in not such a good place. Yaakov was told by HaKadosh Baruch Hu that if all 12 of your sons uh, survive you, if none of them die when you are still alive, so then each son knocks off one possible, one potential month of punishment in Gehenna, and you won't have to go to Gehenna at all. Okay, that sounds like a very nice, uh, sounds like a nice little drush. I'm not saying it is, but it's what it sounds like. Perhaps we can understand a little bit. I don't know if this is going with the Maharal or it's, it's my own thought, but perhaps the idea is, what, what, what is the, what's so terrible? I mean, if, if one of the sons would die before Yaakov dies, I mean, it's always unfortunate when people die, but people die at different times. It's very sad when a child dies during the parent's lifetime, but I mean, why would that take away from here, the, that I would take away from the parent is is Eilam Habo. What's the big deal? Perhaps the idea is that Yaakov Avinu's tafkid, his role, his goal in this life, in his life, was to, was to father Klal Yisrael, was to be the father of Klal Yisrael. And Klal Yisrael consists of 12 divisions 12 flavors. There are 12 different ways of serving a Kodesh Baruch Hu. There's the Reuven way and the Shimon way and the Levi way and so on. Of course, we all are obligated in the same halacha, in the same mitzvah, satsayra, but there are 12 flavors and all of them need to be there. That's the Shlemus 
that a Kodesh Baruch Hu wants. And Yaakov Avinu's job was not only to biologically father them, but to, to train them and to influence them. Now, if one of them would die before Yaakov does, that would be a, a lack in their training. There would be a, that would mean that Yaakov Avinu lived beyond them and Yaakov Avinu was continuing to develop himself, was to, continuing to go higher and higher in levels of spirituality and levels of Torah. And this child who died, even though he may have died as a grown man, but this child who died was not being influenced by this further development of Yaakov Avinu. And therefore, that would be, uh, that, that would mean that Yaakov Avinu didn't fulfill his mission in life. It's only if all 12 sons are, live through the entire life of Yaakov Avinu. So then they are all influenced by the, the sum total of the greatness of Yaakov Avinu's greatness on his last day on this earth. And therefore, when Yosef disappeared and Yaakov suspected, although he never accepted it, but he certainly suspected that Yosef had been killed, he felt like he has not, he doesn't have the chance to fulfill his mission. Yosef is not going to be influenced by, Yosef is only going to be influenced up to the point at which he left me. But since then I've grown. Since then I'm more than what I was when he was 17 years old. But Sadek does not stop growing, does not stop developing. When Yaakov found out that Yosef is alive and he met him, so now he could influence him even for a short time. But the Yaakov of, of the day of his Petira was able to, to have an influence on Yosef. That level of greatness in Yaakov was able to be witnessed. Yosef was able to witness it and to be influenced by it. And therefore, now Yaakov could, could leave this world uh, in peace, knowing that he had fulfill, fulfilled his mission. Thank you for listening to Directions in Rashi with Yochanan Joseph, author of the book Directions in Rashi, available from Feldheim Publications. Production aspects were carried out by Minagain Music. Visit them online by going to facebook.com slash